fucking Europe doesn't think that this is a monopoly problem, so I'm good with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all it took. You're like good the after EU that. was like, "You're cool. You're not infringing on monopoly." Even though you fucking made Game Pass and it has like EA and fucking Bethesda and who, whatever mm-hmm. other companies you're going to swallow in the next five years. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Emergent Gamer Podcast. This is episode 287, still from the safety and security of the quarantine bunker. I am Trip Zero. I'm here with Felix Hergood. He lost his chance. Move on. And Neo Yoshi. I'm here. Hi. <laughs> Did you not hear me? You said my name, and I didn't even fucking hear it. Yeah, I 100% fucking spaced and heard nothing. This is Felix Hergood. I'm also here. Fuck it. Oh, glad, dude. I'm glad. I was actually worried for a second. I'm like, I know they can oh, hear no. me. Is he okay? No, but I was hung up on thinking about talking. Our next, The next thing I was going to say after you... Dude, I don't even know what happened. I totally fucking missed it. <laughs> you were, you were I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you're here. Five steps ahead. You I was 100 reading reading the chat there. and like I was just focused uh, on something else. Um, no, I was going to say like you know what I was focused on. I was focused on the, our problem from last week. Like I just wanted. I was looking over at the record button to make sure the shit is still recording. Yeah, I get it. Remember it's, it's last week, like when you, when you don't record the show. Yeah, yeah. Last week we didn't record the show, and I had to pull the VOD after the show was over so it was like i remember fuck. oh no um well no, anyway we're, um, we're recording uh, and I'm yeah here. great <laughs> intro blip out of the way uh we got a great show for you guys this week uh we're talking about microsoft and zenimax of course they have finally finalized their deal after all the regulatory commissions around the world have said that it's going to be okay for everyone um we're going to do our uh what we've been up to of course in the beginning then we're going to get into that and really unpack it um, before you do anything, though, I want you to go right now to YouTube.com and search for The Emergent Gamer. Subscribe to our channel so you can get recaps, you can get uh, little blurbs, you can get little other content additionally, uh, including the whole show. So uh, if you haven't subscribed to us there, please do. It's going to make, honestly, your life a lot easier in the future. And ours to tell you about it, too, because we'll get a link that's dedicated to tell you where to go. So do that, and then also leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, honestly. Uh, let's start with Neo this week. Neo, what's good, dude? Uh, what have you been playing? What have you been up to? What's new? Uh, I've been playing a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I'll start with... Oh, God. Where do I even want to start? Um, I'll start with Outriders because... Okay, uh, you did the Outriders demo. I did do the Outriders demo. Um, and it's made from the people who did the... Square Enix is putting it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the developer. I think it's People Can Fly. The people who did... Uh, Gears of War, the non-numbered one. I don't know if you guys remember this one. Uh, it's like called like Absolution or something. Gears of War. I don't remember. I it don't was the one that, no that one. really enjoyed. Um, but um, was, your, was your selling point of the studio? <laughs> they made one of the Gears of Wars that no one enjoyed. <laughs> it's like great. Well, I want to see what their pedigree was. You know, I want sure, to see sure, what, yeah. what things they worked on before. Um, but they're they're trying their hand at like what seems to be like a live service game 
they're not calling it a live service game though. They're they're very much trying to stay away from that moniker, which is really like, really strange. Right. But anyway, yeah, they're calling it a loot a loot based game, but they're not calling it a service game. Yeah, they're trying to focus more of like it's it's like Diablo with guns, right? Mm-hmm. Like like a like more in that vein where it's not like a it's like a drop in drop out co op situation. Um, there's a lot of cool things that it does. And there's a lot of really annoying things that it does. And now this is a um, they call this a demo. They didn't call this a beta like a lot of other games have. They're saying right. this is a demo. What you're getting in this you know pre release version is the game essentially. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This was, and they were like on Twitter being very detailed about like what to expect from the demo and things that you can look forward to and stuff. The very, very open communication, mm-hmm. uh, which is always appreciated no matter what love, love to see that. Um, so a few things that I love about it are, I really kind of, I kind of liked the story premise, like the intro. Cause you get, you essentially play the, beginning of the game you play the opening act of the game essentially well Mm -hmm. not act like the first like you know pre-chapter or whatever pretty cool premise you're traveling from earth because you because we deplete its resources classic classic tale old tale old time um and you come out of stasis like 80 years later and then some shit goes down and you you as you're trying to colonize a planet that it resembles earth some shit goes down storms happen you get betrayed by somebody and then you get knocked back into cryo sleep. You wake up years later. Uh, I want to say like another like 50 years or something like that. I, I might be misremembering, but you come out of it and shit like you're in the middle of a war zone and shit's crazy. People have powers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then where you choose your class, which is go ahead. Sorry. No, I, you're about to go into the class conversation. I just realized I heard you say something. Um, go ahead. I watched some streams of this. So my like my comprehension of the story is obviously very disjointed. Um, the beginning that you play up like up until like like that storm event on the planet. That's before you're like cryo sleep. There are two two parts of cryo sleep. There's the mm. first cryo sleep you wake up from when you're like everything's hopeful because, you know, you just arrive on this planet with your with your ground crew. You're, you know, examining the site before you let all the colony like the colony come down right you're like the pre you're like in like the pre uh what do you call it the um the group that does the recon you're reconning like um, a, i mean that recon group would work yes exactly the vanguard uh, would be a, a a term for that like the forward the forward group of like a military in uh, infiltration the precisely van, the vanguards mm-hmm. is that what they would call it but mm-hmm. vanguard the front in the story there's this one douchebag who is like kind of like a dickhead, but like he's also like the guy in charge, mm-hmm. makes some really bad calls, turns the soldiers on you, and it starts a little little bullshit. Like you get some you get some some fighting going on. Um which ends up happen it it causes you to get thrown back into cryosleep. Waking up years later, shit's gone crazy. There's like a war going on. Like all the all the living humans are like at odds with each other. And a lot of and like a small percentage of the humans have these abilities. And they're called the Outriders, I think. So this is a story like game I should care about, or uh, some Maybe. online? We don't know yet. If you if you care I mean, about it, but yeah. What's your What's your criteria of caring about it? No, no, no. Care I about care about story games. games. Do I don't care? give a shit about online competitive multiplayer. I don't know so what this, this game is. I know nothing about this game. 
so, third yeah, person me, ability and gun based shooter with loot, but not a persistent world game. Correct. So not like he broke not, it down pretty well. It's like mm-hmm. Borderlands. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But like new person. and third person. Would we call it a schluter? Yes. Probably I wouldn't because as we know, I don't say that word. But um <laughs> the game is not like a uh, a persistent online world. The game requires you to to be online because of how they do their like their servers and their maintenance and their networking and something. You can go to their website and, and I know they've been talking about it. But yeah, they've been like Neo mentioned, they've they've stayed away from calling it a the service live, game. A yeah. service. Yeah. Right. Um, because but, is, wait, is that because that term is becoming a faux pas or I mean, I don't think there's good or bad when, you, when you hear that. Yeah. You think of very specific experiences. You think of, okay. you know, destiny with this. You probably think more of the division. Sure. I do think players. there is a bit of a, I do think there may be a small growing stigma with the term live service game. Um, just because of the nature of how they, how they, require your time to investment and sure. sometimes monetary investment but that's neither here nor there for this game but you get to choose some cool classes um you get four of them and they they fulfill roles like tank uh support um and damage dealer like they they mm-hmm. they, they fulfill those roles pretty well and actually those abilities kind of cool um i picked one the one class i picked was i don't even i'm sorry i, I played this like two weeks ago so you have to forgive me for my memory, but it was a class that created a like time bubble in an area. And then you could like use your melee attack and then it would literally disintegrate the skin from their body and you would see the skeleton and like it would like separate there. So that was like a pretty cool effect that they they had going on. Um, a lot of cool things like that. Um, my so problem, it's class based. It's a third person shooter. There's loot, yes. obviously. Um, loot. How much of the story did you get to play in the demo? I, I played until where they were like, okay, and you're free to do whatever you want. And Is that where I they cut like, it? I played one mission. I like, yeah, I played like one more mission. I was like, all right, cool. I'll come back to this maybe at some point. Um, but I didn't. This uh, looks like gears with a skin. That's what it looks like. Kind of. Yeah. But here's my problem with it okay. is it has a high emphasis on the cover based action, but it doesn't have the same feel as when you go into cover with in gears of war. Like you feel your character run and slam into that cover when you're playing gears of war. And it feels really, really good to like get, get that momentum going from going to cover to cover. I spent so much time like trying to like lock into certain cover points and like none of that felt good. Like it was really janky to, to snap in and out of cover. Mm-hmm. And that really, it bothered me because it, it interrupted my like feel of the game, you know? So an interesting note to that, um, I follow, uh, a, a streamer named Chevy. He's, he's very big in the, uh, in the destiny. And now he's creeping into the, the final fantasy 14 world as well, because he was looking for someone to play one destiny. had like literally nothing going on. Um, sure. he's very excited for outriders and has been playing it pretty much nonstop. He had the bad luck of not getting a legendary to drop for like 48 hours playing the game almost constantly which is pretty bad luck when everyone in the world is sharing their like their spicy demo loot and he's got nothing to drop for him. O- overall, the loot's actually pretty pretty cool part about it. It actually That's what I've heard, yeah. Your your character's playstyle pretty nicely. Like it, it it's it's loot that it is meaningful. It's not just number increases, you know. Sure. 
Yeah, but uh, something that I saw that he was excited about watching one of the recaps the developers put out uh, before the demo dropped was that they want you to play aggressively. And I think they even said in their trailer explicitly, cover is there, but it's for the enemies, not for you. Like they want you to just go in like full force, slamming through shit, just burning and shooting and abilitying your way around uh, the world, which is pretty cool. People right. said they've tried yeah. to like use the cover, but it's really not there to be effective. You know, it's it's you're supposed to just wreak havoc is their goal. Yeah, um, and it, I, I give I give this mad props, uh, this game mad props for doing that um, with their loot because a lot of games shy away shy away from that. Um, but uh, another thing that bothers me is the 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 cutscenes and the camera work with the cutscenes. It's freaking all over the place, man. You want to talk to yes. somebody? Yes. You, there's one of the first people you talk to. You, you hit the button to talk to them, and then it's it, it fades to black, comes back up, and then the guy you're talking to walks over, leans against the tree, sits down. The camera. Meanwhile, the camera's doing like like it's this. The worst shaky cam I've ever seen in my life. And then you can talk to this guy. And like I was like. Is that was that all that necessary? And apparently they've come out. There was an article that was like, we had to do this to hide a lot of like the loading and the blah 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 stuff. Like it's, it's actually purposeful. I'm like, well, you didn't have to like screen it's, shake it's everything. Insane, dude. People yeah. hate the screen shake too. It's one of the biggest points of feedback they've they've had around the game. They, they just it's a terrible experience, you know? Like I understand the point. I know Felix understands the point too of like the the cinema verite style, like a shaky cam. It's supposed to tell the audience someone is really there in the moment, right? They're capturing this. Yeah. They're on like a Sony Handycam, right? But it just doesn't work, I think, in games as well versus like a fake documentary. And it works even less when the shake is so aggressive that you focus on it, that you can yeah. immediately get taken out of your media and go, this is uh, this is terrible to watch because all I could think about well, I, is I, how much I learned, moving around. You know, when I when well, I was going to say, when I was in film school, I learned that any kind of edit feature that you add to your motion picture, if it distracts the audience because it's so noticeably prominent, then it's not good. You know what right. I mean? Like, like Exactly. Yeah, your, your, your purpose should be serving the media, yeah, not people, doing a thing you think is cool People need media. to get into the story and forget about your editing. If people don't remember your edits, then you did a good job. You know what I mean? Unless right. the point is, you know, like a music video. The music video, the point is to see the editing. Yeah, it shouldn't stand out enough to be distracting. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's exactly pretty much my time with Outriders. Um, the next thing I was I decided to jump back into was Ori and the Will of the Wisps, a game I started okay. last at the beginning of quarantine and like got sidetracked by like a bunch of other games like resident evil 3 at the time and like that all that came out like at the same time as that and i never got back to it but i decided i wanted something like low-key and like pretty casual but also fun and like pretty and engaging man that this game's got it man this game knows how to give you the it gives you that sweet metroidvania experience they, they dole out powers there's discoverability like you discover things as you play like like finding where to go next and the game's got it man like from the first game the customization of like your skills and stuff is even more advanced you can remap the keys like in the game you're like you can replace like skills with 
certain abilities that you've unlocked and you get a lot. So you get a lot of combinations to work with. I've mm-hmm. enjoyed the sword hammer combo with a, like a, like a giant arrow spike, like a charge spike. It's man, this game is, I don't know. I don't know how else I can talk about the game other than gorgeous visuals, breathtaking story. The story is like very heartfelt. It tugs at those emotional strings as you play it. Um, and it's just it's just wonderful to like explore and get really good at the combat. And the game has a large focus on like momentum and movement. Um, mm-hmm. So there are a lot of really cool sequences in the game in Ori where it'll it'll be like a really tense situation where you have to use every, all the traversal traversal mechanics that you've been learning, and now you got to like really pick up the pace. And it becomes this like beautiful running dance of like all of your skills, your double jump into your dash, into your wall climb, into your like you can like snap onto certain objects and then keep moving and keep moving. It's it's wonderful. Um, I I don't know what else, what else I can say. say I, about I missed it. Like, the, this game. <laughs> I missed. <laughs> You're talking about Ori and the Will of Wisps. Correct. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Thank it you. came out thank last you. year. I remember. Last year. I remember. No, he's talking about after you wake up after your coma and Outriders. The next thing you do. <laughs> yeah, you're Ori. <laughs> but it's so good. It's so good. Um, I can't recommend it enough. And I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and finish it. Uh, yeah, this week at some point. Um, also playing more Valheim. Also playing more Warzone and other things. Uh, I'd love to actually been thinking about Valorant a lot lately. I'm thinking it might be opening. Want to open that can of worms again? But I'm terrified of my shooting skills are never good enough for that game. It's it's just. It's just so much. It's just way too much. Um, but there you have it. That's what I've been up to. When you're playing Valorant and you're losing over and over again, don't you get this like sensation in your in, in your soul <laughs> that basically is like, wait, why am I playing something to fucking feel bad? You know what I mean? Like there's, life there's already makes you fucking feel bad, Neo. All the sure. disappointments of fucking life but- make us feel bad. And then we go into a video game and and feel the same thing. Fuck that. (laughs) Well, you know, there's a challenge. Sometimes you want to like have a controlled, fucked up, stressful situation. You know, (laughs) all that's in a nice little playpen. You can control that chaos. It's like like all on me now, you know? Um, No, but I mean, sure. You're right, Felix. There's definitely that. But in some ways, I also want to be like, yes, I'm. I'm going to get better at this. I can do this better next time. I can maybe this time I won't jump my jump the gun around the corner and you know get jumped by an enemy team or player or whatever um maybe i can outsmart this 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 play this time or i can think of different strategies like there's a lot of there's a lot of that that goes into especially a game like valorant which feels like you know like shooting chess sometimes it feels Mm -hmm. like you have all your pieces and if you use them right then you're you come out on top right and then there's a skill aspect to it which makes it even more challenging because you got to be good at shooting the pulling the trigger in that game which makes it also very difficult. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's what that's what I've been up to. Trip, what up? Uh, well, guys, as you know, I'm still living that Stardew Valley farm life. Things are going great in the valley. Just planting, growing, farming, just collecting money on my way to 100% in the game. But that's not what I want to talk to because I'm sure you guys know about Stardew Valley. What we do. I got into this week uh, for fun was a game that I've seen a lot of people get into and was very, very curious about it. Devolver Digital's newest title, Loop Hero. Oh, I, I need to know about this. You guys know about Loop Hero? No. <clears throat> oh. 
Well, let me tell you. Um, I'm going to be trying to find a picture of like a general outline of this so you guys can maybe look at this while I'm explaining to kind of help understand. In, uh, in Loop Hero, what you do is you control the world around a hero instead of the hero. Wow, that's so cool. fucking cool. Yeah, well, uh, it's modeled after, um, it looks like, like it's modeled after like an old PC game. The graphics are probably more like 16-bit Super Nintendo era. I dropped a link of just like a screenshot in the chat. Um, what you do in this game is you let your hero wander along a randomized path. And this path gets randomized at the start of every single time you go on an expedition in the game. What you do is you place cards on the map in little sections of tiles that influence your character. Maybe put down some mountains to increase your max HP. Maybe put down some meadows to give you more, uh, more health regen at the end of every day. Uh, maybe you put down a, a bit of a forest that spawns like a dangerous character, but also a chest. And what you do is you don't fight anything on your own. Your character fights for you. You just lay out the map. You kill monsters. You get loot. You equip your character with new loot, and they run around this loop. And every time you run around the loop, of course, you're increasing your strength with the drops you get. Uh, the enemies get a little bit stronger every time you loop. And you have to either uh, die to end the loop, or you uh, retire back to your main base uh, at any point in uh, your expedition, and you save more or less of the materials you've collected along the way, depending on how far away from your camp you are, or if you've died or not died. And then you uh, you progress your actual main base, which in turn influences like the bosses you're fighting in the story or the collection of cards in your deck that you have to like plan out before you start one of these loops. And it's incredibly, incredibly addicting. Uh, the soundtrack of the game is so cool. What do you say? Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's such a unique take on that kind of like dungeon crawling style mm-hmm. genre. Um, it's kind of cool. It's, yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. You yeah, don't, you it's, don't, yeah, it's it's like, it's, it's a reverse dungeon crawler and like roguelite almost because like there's the iteration mechanic as well of doing doing it again, starting over with what you've learned essentially. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, for for years now, people have been thinking about dungeon crawlers in one particular way, right? You're the hero. You you do the crawling. You design the fun mechanics and the world around you. But this kind of does it in re- it's 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 cool it's just a unique just flips it on its head and, and yeah and it's it's very cool man <clears throat> it's kind of hard to stop playing once you started playing i also put a, a um a, the trailer link the reveal trailer in a chat you guys can check that out as well um i think when i scooped that it, it was on sale let me check if it's still on sale because like it's only a couple dollars it's this it's is a switch crazy. game or no no this is, i'm playing this on pc but i think it's on console as well uh, currently, right now, the game is uh, $12.74 on Steam. So, I know they said they want they want to make a Switch port. I don't believe it's out on Switch yet. I mean, it looks like a game that could be ported to Switch. Yeah, it's not going to be demanding uh, in the least. I'm looking at uh, what platforms we got Loop Hero on for you guys. Looks like the perfect Switch game. I'll tell you what, guys. I am excited. No, I'm not going to even go there. I'm not going to go there. That's coming soon. But I'm. I think. Just I'm just I'm playing games, just waiting for the new Monster Hunter game. That's like on Switch because that's what I, that's all I've been thinking. I know you're very very excited for that. 
but but yeah sorry i was looking for the uh, for the platforms i'm not able to find anything besides pc but i'll double check that before the uh before the end of the show um but yeah like retro vibes cool reverse dungeon crawler mechanics uh there's even like a crt filter that you can put on the game that of course warps the corners in slightly and gives you that like that scan line look it just it's leaning into that like the nostalgia and that vibe yeah it looks uh, real old school yeah yeah they do a great job it's fun it just that's the that's the best way i can describe it just a fun way to play a dungeon crawler that animation what what game does that remind you of there's a bunch of games i used to play Um, back then reminds me of like there's a lot of uh castlevania animation influence in here I'm, i'm i'm feeling a lot there's like vampires and of course like it's like an old school dungeony medieval style game so like a lot of castlevania i see in this in the art direction not so much the play style obviously i think it's something that you might like a lot felix because there's a lot of like planning and building um you don't have to control the actual battles necessarily so you just well not even necessarily you don't your character just does it okay and they they work around their loop you fill things in on the tiles and then you either leave to go back to your camp or you uh or you die to end your run yeah i might want to check that out yeah i think you would actually like it a lot but i uh it's been hard to put this one down been very hard they uh the one article that i was looking at says it um it uh reminds them of the movie live die repeat i don't know that movie but you okay. literally live die and repeat in this you, game so you really have never seen that movie no okay that movie is tom cruise and emily blunt doing that okay I, oh, I well, rem- now that you said them i i can think of like screenshots of this movie i can't remember if they're I can't remember the premise. I think it's extraterrestrial. Okay. Stuck in like an alien, not a video game, but like the aliens are trying to like, like obviously the movie doesn't start that way. You don't find that out until close to the end that that's what's Mm -hmm. happening, but they're caught. Yeah. They're caught in like a aliens are trying to like solve a problem. So they, they have him doing it (laughs) over and over again. Him and Emily gotcha. doing the same thing every day. <laughs> it's like the idea of aliens like solving problems. I don't know why. Yeah, they're literally <laughs> trying to like solve some. I, you know, someone who saw the movie more recently than me would be able to tell uh, mention what the specifics are. But like in Live Die Repeat, the aliens are trying to solve some kind of issue, and then he's the expert that they need to do it. And they just keep having him play this out where he dies at the end of it every single time. Mm-hmm. Um. It's, I mean, yeah, very, very similar idea to this. But I remember loving that fucking movie. I thought it was really good. Yeah. But yes, I cannot recommend Loop Hero enough, uh, especially if you like chill experiences, but still really enjoy RPGs or dungeon crawlers or fantasy or anything like that. Like this is a really good cross section of all of those interests and style and music. So it's, it's very, very cool. Uh, Felix, have you been getting into anything? Have I been getting into anything? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish I had a lengthy conversation right now, a lengthy descriptor of my personal experience playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. But I don't. <laughs> because I liter- literally have not started that shit. 
Oh, well, I was going to say, what what would the reason be for that? What, my routine, not is a my pretty good routine reason. right now, mm-hmm. which sucks, but I am addicted to it, is play an, a 45-minute MLB The Show 20 baseball game. I think I told you mm-hmm. last week that I got yeah, MLB yeah. this one. So I play one game of that, usually end it frustrated and angry as fuck. <laughs> And that's mm-hmm. to remember, people, I just play the computer. Anyone who hasn't been listening to our show and is just catching this one, you need to understand that I play MLB the show in a franchise mode against the computer, mm-hmm. and it is the most frustrating fucking shit ever. So, Felix, why would you play a game only to make yourself right. feel angry? I? You know? I don't know, man. I've, every time I finish one of those games... I'm flipping that question from I earlier know. at me. I know. You. Every single time I finish one of those games and I lose, I'm like, why would I do this to myself? The good, the, the difference between life and competitive multiplayer and this is I have sliders. I don't have competitive multiplayer <laughs> sliders to make myself better. I forgot against. about your slider conversation. Right. I can slide. Like, if I get pissed at the computer, I will literally yell at the tv and go you're gonna get punished i'm gonna move the sliders to the left <laughs> if you don't stop it <laughs> i swear i'll do it <laughs> he'll do it too i'll do it i'll move those sliders to the left and then you won't be able to hit shit bitch <laughs> um I, I don't have sliders when i'm doing competitive multiplayer you know when i'm playing fucking valorant there's no sliders in valorant <laughs> there's no way to go make my shooting amazing today you know just because i feel like having a good day um Mm -hmm. anyway i don't know i'm addicted to the stats i'm really addicted to like seeing the stats grow what the fuck is that trip zero are you do you have that trip zero do you you have that addiction with when you watch like the stats of like your favorite sport do you like to see the stats grow for your favorite players numbers get bigger means better yeah i mean can that apply to things that are not sports go ahead tell me well i was just talking about loop hero it's pretty uh exciting to watch in the lower right of your screen you have a a literal dedicated stats window it says stats in white lettering over like a blood red background i'm in man i'm in all of your stats as you're increasing as you're looping based on the equipment you're wearing (laughs) the cards you have down what your map looks like there's a there's the window it says stats right down there there's a window that says stats i fucking lose it dude i get the screenshot look at my stats It's right down there. Actually, right now in the Fuck. screenshot, it says mountain because they're examining a mountain card. But when you're not examining something, that says stats. You guys are literally describing like every RPG by nature. Is you, can go, yeah, you can go into a, a status menu. Your character gets a higher number level. He gets better attack, defense, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, and then the numbers that you see when you're hitting an enemy you know, go up. This includes Diablo, Borderlands, so, Fantasy games, like all that stuff. So the thing it that I'm better right like even the game is programmed to do that right like it's programmed to make you feel stronger by nature but but here's the thing though with a with a baseball game or some other sporting game that i play i also think it's imperative to have realistic stats because one thing i don't like to see if i increase the sliders too much then they start hitting my players start hitting home runs like crazy right next thing you know i have a high slugging percentage and i have a high ops right 
which mm-hmm. which is on base plus slugging, right? So then I have all these things going really high, and then my stats look different than the rest of the leagues because I'm doing really well. And that I don't like either. So I like to I'm constantly playing this game where I try and balance the stats to make them look like MLB stats. I don't know what kind of sickness I have right now <laughs> because I don't care about baseball. I don't know what the God fuck bitch. is happening in actual MLB baseball right now. No, you're I couldn't just even, in I couldn't it. even tell you. Just but in it for this, the video game stats. I'm, in, I'm into it. In addition yeah, to that, knows, in addition to that, after I finish one game of MLB The Show 20, then I play Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey. I started the game over. And now I'm in the DLC, and I got to fucking completely finish this game over again. And that is also a form of stat tracking, because I, I'm I'm the challenge that I made for myself. That's beyond any challenge they need. There's no trophy associated with this or anything. Is I want to see how long it takes to play just the main story, mm-hmm. which would include all the DLC main story quests. And you know I'm coming to the end of that, and I think it's going to take about 65 hours. That's what I think it's going to be. At the end, that's what I'm I'm betting on. But I'm watching okay. that grow after every game session. I, you know, I'll play two or three hours each night, and you know, like I don't know why I want to do that. I don't want. I don't feel like I can move to Valhalla until I I know, so I can tell somebody. And next week on the show, I'll probably go. Guess what, guys? It was sixty six hours. <laughs> that's how long it took. And you guys are gonna go great, Felix. Great. <laughs> and I'm just going to be like, I, I had to tell you. <laughs> it could be mental illness. Well, well, the word is not in. The verdict is not. You, you not got in. gamer brain. That's okay. I got gamer brain. That's fucking gamer yeah. brain. Track the stats. Track the stats. Make sure. I think it's a testament to how well they made the game play by itself. If which, you're looking into that, you know, which, I don't, which, I, when which I say that, I don't, I don't mean to say that the game plays by itself. I mean, like, at its core, what's enticing uh, to a player, they've done really well for you with the show. Oh, the show, yeah. Like I mean, they the designed show. that loop just to like make you want to be there, and you're not even like like you just said you're not like a like a baseball fan to sit and watch. I'm not even playing most of the game modes of the show. This is what's crazy. Like, right. there's Road to the Show, which is where you play as a ball player. Never played it once, not once. Like there's the the you know like all the like home run derby type shit and like mm-hmm. play as legends where you play like like they they have this thing built in where you can like play like famous games that like existed in baseball history with mm-hmm. the players from the teams that that made that magic happen. You get to replay that, and if you do it like when you do that, and this is really cool. Or, or I observed that it's really cool. I'm not playing it at all, but like you try to get like you know how when you do like a card in Destiny where you have to accomplish this task and this task and this task, you get all those things, but you mm-hmm. can also just do like the normal thing. You can normally just pl- you could just play the game if you want, or you can hit these milestones that were the milestones of the actual players who won the game. You oh, know that's cool. So you can like if. That's Bob really Gibson, cool. if Bob Gibson threw, you know, set, I think he was a pitcher, threw seven strikeouts in the game, the milestone mm-hmm. for that famous game is get seven strikeouts, just like Bob Gibson did. So yeah, that's like, actually really, really cool. I didn't right. know I did that. 
Yeah, so like there, this is this whole other special game mode where you pl- can play legendary. They're called, I think, moments, legendary moments. So you can like play these classic games and try and hit all the milestones uh, for those games. It's fucking the game is so rich with baseball detail. <laughs> Not to mention That's this whole other part of the game where you just fucking sell shit to people. You get like digital baseball cards and sell those to people. There's a whole digital baseball. <laughs> do, do you enjoy that? Is that something no! else is keeping it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's what's really fucking crazy. For doing the franchise mode, I get this currency. And then sometimes I'm re- when I level up, I'm rewarded some of these cards. I don't give a shit about these fucking cards. But somebody out there does. So I just keep selling them, getting more <laughs> of this currency. I don't even have any of them. Like, I imagine there's someone out there who has, like, the whole collection, and he's, like, insane. So what's great about this is I put them in the marketplace at the lowest price. So I literally sell these things, undercutting everyone who's trying to sell shit. So it'll be, like, it'll say, like... Um, You're truly a rogue agent because you don't give a shit. You're yeah, because I, like, I, I don't, don't care. care about this. So this baseball, <laughs> this one baseball card is, like, 300, and I randomly got it on, a, you know, on RNG, right? So mm-hmm. I randomly get this sure. baseball card. And let's say it's 300 of this currency, right? And the, the lowest guy has set his price at, nobody's going to buy this thing lower than 300. He's mm-hmm. the lowest on the tier. I will intentionally set that card at two ninety five on fucking purpose. <laughs> so I'm like, Dick so I'm like dude. a whole number lower than whoever put the lowest amount. You know, like it's just, that's really funny. And I and I sell my shit like hotcakes, but I don't even know what it's all for. I don't even fucking know, man. Like, <laughs> what's it? All, all that for? I do is play franchise mode. That's all I care about. I I just play. I'll just keep doing a franchise after franchise after franchise. This is my second season, so. All right, I'm done. No, okay. That that's my week. That's that's what I've been <laughs> look, doing. Look, it, it's all it, it's all valuable, you know. You Even guys, if you said what did I game this week, and you said I played Candy Crush. Uh, would I enjoy your decisions? No, but you know what, you gamed, and I would respect your decision to game. Yeah, I haven't stopped that. I'll let you know when I stop that. Um, all right, good. But good. Um, I promise, I'm going to get you guys some AC Valhalla opinions that are legit soon i just I can't wait i do have a, a <laughs> vacation coming up my guess is i'll be finished with odyssey by that time the vacation comes through and then over the vacation i'll put a lot of hours into bahala so very nice well guys you want to chat about uh, a nice meaty topic i'm ready let's do it i know some of what we're talking about not a lot but that's fine. I think uh, a lot more of this conversation is about the what ifs than the facts. The facts are pretty straight up. Uh, if you had not heard, Microsoft has been interested in acquiring Zenimax, which is the overall company that owns, among other things, Bethesda, the game company responsible for franchises such as Fallout and The Elder Scrolls. Um, their deal to purchase and acquire them is fully approved and complete now that both the uh, the SEC and the uh, European Union approved their merger. And it is a deal of $7.5 billion to acquire ZeniMax. So now ZeniMax is an official Microsoft company. So uh, that Not- leads to a couple questions. What does the future look like for Bethesda? What does the future look like for Microsoft and their service games? 
or their services involving games? Are they going to lean on this? What does this mean for the freedom of Bethesda to develop the way they want? These questions and more are coming to you in the next <laughs> X amount of time on this episode. Um, so I got some so, thoughts on things. Yeah, yeah, but we'll get into thoughts in a second. I want to give people just some uh, general facts about what, what we got going on right here. Um, in general... Oh, I lost my tab. Oh, no. Uh, in general, Microsoft has said that they are going to leave Bethesda alone, essentially, in terms of development. Did we should we put in the precursor or the or the the pre understanding that these two companies has have worked well? We'll call it kismet in in a business sense for many many years prior to this. Though you have to understand that these two companies got along like they um, Bethesda took their their titles their IP and offered ports to the Sony world and Sony players have for years have played fallout and, and, but, but the Bethesda and Microsoft teams have worked hand in hand for years closely and well with no kinds of miscommunication issues that would occur mm-hmm. between two major corporations, you know, that, not that probably helped with the merger even exactly. More. And they've it said that they publicly heard. said that that's what helped with the merger. You know, yep. um, some numbers facts just before we move on. Uh, the purchase price of seven and a half billion is an insane amount of money. That's a large chunk of money. God damn. To put that into, into perspective as to what Microsoft is making as a whole, uh, that amount is only five point two percent of their twenty twenty revenue, which was one hundred and forty three billion dollars. So they can very much afford this. And one might say it's not even a huge expense. This could be a fun experiment mm-hmm. for them. Well, it's Obviously, also- it's a much, it's a much more like intelligently researched acquisition, especially with them owning you know Xbox and you know and and everything that they push forward with the Microsoft gaming brand. Um, it's not a uh, a Google esque experiment and investing of the money, if you will. But um, yeah, they can afford it essentially. And they have a lot more money as well. So we'd love to see, obviously, them funding them for projects in the future, but will they be doing that with at the same time saying their hands off? Who knows? Neo, you were going to say something before we went into the stat land. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Bethesda, uh, Pete Hines from Bethesda, actually, he, he made a, a little statement regarding the acquisitions finalization. Um, and people were worried about certain things that may occur, which, which I want to, we'll talk about in a moment, Mm -hmm. but here's what Pete Hines say, said before we get into that. He said, first, let me say we're not making any landmark announcements or changes right now. As we all shared, the expectation is that Bethesda Softworks and our studios will continue to work as we have in the past, just with more support and resources than we've ever had before. Obviously, Game Pass has been an important initiative for Xbox, and we will be working uh, on putting even more of our games into Game Pass than ever before. Beyond that, stay tuned. We're just getting started together. So that, I have a feeling, was in response to well just just like hey we're we're doing this like we're acknowledging it right Mm -hmm. but a lot of people are concerned about the state of bethesda games going further uh forward not the quality but more like will it be available on the platforms that you're used to Um, right dude skyrim freaking is on the nintendo switch will we get future bethesda ports to the switch PlayStation, 
um, Windows and Xbox are fine, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure those those uh, platforms are a okay. But you you PS PlayStation people out there, you want to play Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six probably, and what other games? Uh, whatever other games they make, um, is that something that is concerning? Do you think they're going to hold exclusivity? Maybe not for every title, but what about like those few big ones that, or maybe not the big ones. Maybe they just go, oh, here's one of our smaller games. You can have you every uh, you can have that exclusive on the Xbox. Like, what do you think Microsoft does? So they, I believe they've already said that there will be exclusives to Game Pass. I think uh, personally, how they handle this is their biggest franchises that have been multi-platform releases that they know people are going to buy and are going to make them a shit ton of money. Specifically, uh, the Elder Scrolls franchises, the Fallout franchises, probably Doom, I would fold into that. Sure. But maybe not if that falls off in popularity. Um, It's been hitting, though, so maybe not. Those franchises, I can see being multi-platform releases. Other franchises... Maybe Dishonored has a sequel, a next in line, whatever that's happening. And then that's like a year Game Pass exclusive. You know, like maybe uh, yeah, that, Rage that, comes out with other content and that's Game Pass exclusive. They will be leaning on Game Pass exclusivity with this 1000%. I can promise you. But that's they also what I know, think. Yeah. Yeah. They also know that they're going to be able to move units the more platforms they sell on. So the biggest names, I would even put Starfield into that because of the hype that's still behind it. I feel like Starfield will be a multi-platform release. I, I don't, I don't know, man. I think, I think what they're, I don't think there's going to be delay on anything released in certain places. I think, I think what's going to happen is other consoles are going to get it at the normal time, and it's going to cost money. Like it's going to cost people a shit ton of money to play the new Elder Scrolls Six. You, you're sixty bucks or you're seventy bucks. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to debut on Game Pass, and it'll be there on Game Pass for a limited time, um, and like an where we, where we get it for free. Basically, that could be a week, that could be a month, that could be six months, it could be a whole year. So you're but, saying that for like for bigger titles that are going to go multi platform, there still might be like a like a week or a, a thirty day. Game Pass gets it first kind of release well, they, situation. They did it. They did it with Obsidian already. the The precedent is already set. Fucking what's that game? The space game that I like. Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds. Outer, outer, outer Worlds. Yeah. Great there's example. Outer, there's an Outer Wilds as well. Right. There's Outer Wilds. Like space centric, yeah. but Worlds is. Look what they did them. with yeah. Outer Worlds. Okay, that's an Obsidian. Obsidian's been working under them like an umbrella. Okay, it came out on the PlayStation, but you had to buy it. You had to pay right. for it over on the PlayStation. Right. And it came to the Xbox, but it was an exclusive title in Game Pass. I almost bought it. And then I found it was going to be on Game Pass. I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just not have a pre-order and do it on Game Pass. I think they're going to time that. They they leverage Game Pass because they want to be more of a service company with games. Even because they said, like, just by releasing Game Pass games on pc or any other platform they i believe they really want to be a place where you can just go an ecosystem to play games not just buy the box right and you do that by getting 
all the all the rights to these games, right? You get you get you buy the studios to get the rights to this, and that's what they're doing. Sure, you could sign on exclusivity deals. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the Tomb Raider deal that Xbox made that people were really pissed off about um, back with Rise of the Tomb Raider. That was exclusive on Xbox for a whole year. A Tomb Raider I definitely game, remember, yeah, a multi-platform game that before that um, it was on. It started on PlayStation, sure, and Saturn and PC, whatever. It's not. It was a multi-platform, I guess. Um, but people hated that because you you right. locked up what a previously a franchise that was previously multi-platform uh, to one one system, and when you do that, you kind of you kind of anger the people. You, you kind of make it feel like you you don't really care about the people who are fans of this thing. And I think they realized that. I think the, I think uh, Phil came out and said, yeah, we realized that was a mistake. So I don't think we're going to see heavy exclusivity. Like, there's still... I, no, but, but that's not what... Titles, I don't. I don't, I don't think we would either. Like, but, Deathloop has, uh, like, an exclusivity deal with PlayStation, the, the mm-hmm. new Arcade Studios game. Um, they're honoring that. They're honoring that existing deal, which is pretty cool. Um yeah, but I, I'm I'm I 100% agree with you, Neo. That they see that delaying something, making it just exclusive to Microsoft, is something that will anger people and piss them off. I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to do that. I'm saying that because I pay for Game Pass, and because a shit ton of other other people pay for it, and then because they bank that they're going to get more subscribers if they do this, what they're going to do is they're going to give the game to the Microsoft Game Pass without necessarily banking on the Xbox, at least, that it's going to be a big cash cow for individually sold titles. Do you see what I'm saying? They're banking Mm -hmm. they're going to make on the the Xbox, their home system, that they're going to make the money in spades when it comes to people paying a subscription fee. You know what I mean? All year long. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, of course, that's they're going to be way more on... money to them. That's way more money than just an individual sixty dollars title. So they're going to sure. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So I, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any kind of delays or anything like that. But the exclusivity is going to come in. The people who are paying our Game Pass subscription get the game. The people who mm-hmm. are over on the PlayStation have to pay the sixty fucking bucks and pat our sure. wallet that way. Do you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Which are different than the way. Things have been happening before, and, right? And they'll put a tasty little time limit on it, like it's in tasty. Game Pass for this amount of time, and then expires. I mean, what I see with titles like in Game Pass, like um, I think uh, Red Dead Redemption was in there for a year, mm-hmm. right? It was, it yeah. Was, but here's the thing with Game Pass: that's not an owned game by Microsoft. They have to license that, right? Right. They have to deal in advance. But if they own Bethesda. Like most of the Microsoft titles, they're there. They're indefinitely mm. for sure. That's, see, as I was about to ask, I was going to say, do we have any data on the longevity of a Game Pass game if it's a Microsoft game? Mm-hmm. And what you just said was, I haven't seen any disappear so far. I'm playing Ori Will the Wisps on Game Pass. Yeah, I, I yeah. would expect that any of these games, any Bethesda game that's released, is is going to be a Game Pass game. Period. Like that's not going to go away at a certain point. Right. Right now, I can also see them doing like if you get it on Game Pass, you can play it a week or a month early. Like, like if you mm-hmm. want to play it first, play it on Game Pass. That is a good incentive 
for that type of game. EA does that all the time. They did it with Anthem, remember? Uh, they were like, this is like the early access edition. You, mm-hmm. get, in, you get in first, um, which is not a bad way of getting people in the door if you want them to use your service. Right. Um, another, another avenue I'm seeing on the flip side of things with Sony, there was an interview with Jim Ryan uh, this past week as well. This is kind of this is kind of in the same lane as as of what Microsoft's doing, but he talked about like the future of their PlayStation VR, and he talked about what they're doing with their PC initiative, because we just saw them release a Horizon, and they just announced Days Gone is coming to PC as well. These companies are realizing that just just keeping your game on the platform while makes it enticing to buy the box and get the the hardware in people's homes, you want to leverage all the other people who own computer game gaming computers and other platforms and get it in front of them because that's just more that's just more money in the bank. Like you sold Days Gone to who, to everyone who was going to buy it, right? You already did that. Now get the other people in in the door. And Microsoft can do that now with Bethesda, right? They they have that that Elder Scrolls banking bankrolling them. Skyrim mm-hmm. sold, is still selling millions probably to this day. Like they they have those and i'm the one funding that (laughs) i own it i owned it on ps3 pc switch like yep that's a game that you can you just go i'm gonna buy it on playstation again and again and again and again and again yeah so it's cool and um and I, I, what bothers me is with that discussion is it devalues like the xbox or the playstation when you release the things that make them special elsewhere but i'm i'm under the opinion that the more people that can experience the thing is better for everybody. Yeah. yeah everyone sure. there and talk about the thing and enjoy the thing together. Um, which is, which is weird. I just wanted to bring up the Sony thing because I thought it was interesting that both these companies are taking, which is, which is what has been normal for years. You release your exclusive titles. You have your studios that you, you release from. And now they're kind of rethinking that now. Like they're mm-hmm. rethinking, both, both teams, Microsoft and Sony, are rethinking how they do business. So Microsoft is buying all these companies with their massive wallet, and Sony's like, "Well, we have these great studios already. Let's let's expand that. Let's get more people to play those. Mm-hmm. Maybe buy Days Gone Two on PS5 when it comes out." You know, exactly. Um, what yeah, do you I think. think... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to try and throw it to you. Back to you. Go ahead. Um, I was going to actually go ahead. I'm curious to what you're going to ask because I, I have a, like a, a a topic shift a little bit here. But Honestly, I, I was going to fucking spit all that. Like I was going to okay. make up some bullshit <laughs> question just to just throw it back. I got you. Go, go ahead. Um, what what I want to talk about next uh, is even though they've they've they being Microsoft have said we're going to be hands off to you guys. We're not going to interfere with with Bethesda and Zenimax. You guys will be your own company. They're leaving all the leadership in place. They just are now owned by Microsoft. Um, do we trust that? How long do we trust it for? Do we if think we, they're going to influence with the purse strings? Like, how do we think that's really going to play out in the years to come? If we hear anything about restructuring of the company or people leaving, that's going to raise a red flag to me. Within the next like year or two, if we see anything like that, like if Pete Hines is like, I've decided to part ways with with Bethesda, that's like, that's going to be like red flag. Number one, right? Like if any of the leadership leaves, that's a bad sign. But if they are telling the truth 
and Microsoft is literally going, here is our purse. Enjoy the extra fund, like the extra funds to make the things you want to make. That's a brilliant move because that's what Sony does. Sony does that. Like, I know I'm bringing up Sony a lot here. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's you're a, a fanboy because no, well, it's it's he is, and that's okay. But it's a good point because for a while they were the ones that had like the best portfolio for for growth, not only of their platform but of their system. And reasons to buy their system were their first party studios and software. And we knew Microsoft was going to get into this game as of a, a year or two ago. We we saw the signs in the tea leaves with all the the mergers and. And studios they were scooping up to try to combat, like or Sony's like, uh, just complete domination in that field. You know, Sony's the one that you go to if you want, you know, engrossing story based games, like incredible quality of your software. Like that was the claim to fame when everyone had like the console battles. Like, why would you buy Sony? Oh, because of the quality of their software and what they put out in terms of like their content. So now Microsoft is trying to like incur on that on that position, and Bethesda is a great one to scoop if you're trying to make that play. It's a good lineup. It's a it's honestly it's an amazing lineup of games. Um, yeah, they, I mean they have yeah like Doom and and Bethesda Softworks alone is just amazing. Mm-hmm. But of course they got Arcane in that. They got Evil Within Studio. Those people. Yes, I um, forgot about Evil Within. That's a good point. And they're making a new game too. They have that like weird game coming out. I forgot Tokyo Ghostwire or whatever. Ghostwire Tokyo. Yep. yep. Wolfenstein is Bethesda as well. Wolfenstein is huge. Mm-hmm. What's up? What's up, Felix? And and <laughs> and Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah. 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 And Commander uh, Keen. <laughs> And Fallout seventy six, uh, bitches. <laughs> yes, all, they still all have the it. The Fallout umbrellas. <laughs> it's been zero days since the Fallout seventy six mention. No, it actually makes you feel better to hear you talking about zero it. Zero fucking days since I played it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Proud that doesn't make sense. No, no, no. It's been it's been many many days since I played it. <laughs> That's what you I'm wait, playing. wait, wait. You have or you haven't played? I have recently? not played it. I have not played. Okay. It. Okay. I haven't played it in fucking weeks, dude. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's down. I got actually, you. I'm actually looking at their lineup right now of games. They did a bunch of Star Trek games. Who They've did? done a bunch of Bethesda, a bunch of racing games. Dude, there's I, a lot. There's a lot that that uh, studio has yeah. in play. They did Prey. Maybe we get a sequel to Prey now. I would love a sequel to Prey. That, I, I thought that was already in the works. Not nothing in, as of right now. Yeah. Maybe uh, we get Obsidian and Bethesda talking closely, and we get that Fallout New Vegas sequel, bitch. This was the first thing that everyone thought of when this was happening because they already knew Obsidian was already part of Microsoft. Well, Obsidian was acquired by Microsoft already, and they were like, "Shit, they could just they could do that easily. They could no, just." Yeah, no CC someone in the internal email, and then all of a sudden, maybe there's a little collab happening. Who knows? I think that's already. I think that's already in the works, man. I think it's going to happen. I think maybe Sidian's already working on their next game, which is that Elder Scrolls looking game. Like they're literally, like they're literally making a game that looks like 
like a fan. It's like a fantasy RPG looking. Which game, game is this? I'm right, not, but I'm it's going to be awesome though. Up to date with this one. <laughs> I'm going to be able to kill everything in it. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Like the minute that comes out, I'm buying it and murdering everything I come in contact with. It'll be so amazing. It's avowed. It was avowed is the name of this. Oh, yeah, they're doing avowed. That's them. That's them, and it was announced on in July of last year. That is the hotness. I'm going to be playing that shit. Looks freaking good. Of, and oh, know. I do remember this. Yeah, dude. We're going to get that right yeah. here. It's unfortunate due to the pandemic and everything. It's been harder to because E3 was nice, right? Like E3, it's like you knew when everything was being announced because it was all within that tight window, right? Mm-hmm. But last year it was like spread out throughout the whole year, so it's hard to like remember what everything for me at least it was hard to remember what everything was um i remember yeah. about looks pretty good it was a cg trailer and you know how we love cg trailers we love it we love them here but you know you see the obsidian name pop out on screen you see some fantasy stuff and you're like oh, oh okay mm-hmm. all right you have my attention um, yeah murder time i forgot all about about i'm really glad you brought that up because now i'm actually like super excited for that to be released in the future like really fucking excited yeah probably gonna be pretty sweet um i'm definitely very much keeping keeping a close eye on this this Mm -hmm. one um but yeah where else where else do you i'm just trying to think of like what what other possibilities like could bethesda being acquired mean like what is what does this mean like do you think in in a perfect world it, it changes nothing and yeah. they just have the money forever to do what they want to do, which is make like Bethesda has the lock on immersive single player Western RPGs. You know, I mean, at least I don't know whoever else can get close to them in terms of like an immersive, realistic, uh, uh, virtual Westworld like experience. We mm-hmm. thought Cyberpunk was going to be it, but it it wasn't. In terms Red of like, it. yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. In terms of immersion, I still I think they're still the ones, you know, even with Fallout 4 and Fallout 76. Um, we don't, I know we don't normally call out uh, chat, but Safehouse just posted in our chat, we have a live chat going as we're live here, a screenshot of the hypothetical of what Game Pass is going to look like when you go into it. And it, I don't know if it's real, but it, maybe it is because it came from Xbox News. Yeah, uh, like, but I don't like know. But that mock-up looks like Disney Plus. <laughs> it does. It does look like Doesn't Disney it? Plus. It's got like the categories like EA Play, Bethesda, optimized yeah. for your this, console. I don't know where this came from, but it definitely looks like my uh, my Apple TV when I turn it on. Yeah, yeah, like, that would be fucking amazing, man. If that's real, yeah, that looks pretty damn good. What do you so let me ask you guys this this year? Can we do like can we do some like mild predictions? Like, do you think we see Starfield this year? Oh, I do not think we see Starfield no. this year. Does does Bethesda because Bethesda for the past couple of years has been doing their own like presentation, mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft? Do you think they still do that because they have their own big beefy lineup of games, or do you think? Microsoft and Bethesda will just they'll cram their it'll, it'll be under I think Microsoft is going to flex a little bit and be like now that we own you we're going to show your stuff off under oh, no. our show I really think they would do that though I I might change my opinion about Starfield because I realized I just went on a um a deep dive a couple weeks ago about Elder Scrolls 6 
And I realize that is definitely years away. We're not going to hear about ES6 for for a long time. Starfield is definitely going to be the next. Starfield will be first. Uh, Maybe we get some Starfield information. That could be a possibility. I just, without any other like hints or rumors, it feels like it's like we're not going to see it this year. Maybe next year. But I, I I hope I'm wrong. You guys know me. I want all space all the time. So, so do you think another Fallout 76 uh, expansion? Is that is that what we get from them this As year? As like the big thing for this year? Or like, that they're dropping? like what Bethesda Softworks doing? Here's more Fallout 76 if you want to play that, you guys. Yeah, I mean, I bet we'll get, we'll, we'll for sure get a bump with that, you know? Like, I think they're pretty focused on Deathloop and Ghostwire right now. And maybe like content updates for ES Online for uh for fall 76 and then maybe next year we get after a year maybe next year after like a year of next gen we get starfield god how many years out because fall four came out in like 2015 then 76 but that was like a let's be real that was like a that was a quick patch job project we'll be if we're honest with ourselves i don't had to be working on this for like five five Fallout 4 was was not 2015, was it? I believe it was. Yeah. That I'm not, I'm not going to even Google it because I'm not sure. November 10, 2015. Wow, holy shit. Yeah. Good work. Good work out of you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, so it's got to be at least five years since they've been on this project. And I'm, and I'm because I know 76 was worked on by multiple mm-hmm. students. It was not just Bethesda Softworks. Right. They had multiple hands in that pot. For sure. Um, thanks to the Noclip documentary. That was a good good documentary that they had before launch. And then they it's realized... Sponsor us, Noclip. Yeah. Well, they're the documentary series. Documentary series, but yes. I know. That's what I'm saying. You guys give us money. We'll pull yeah. out your documentary series. Your, your big, massive channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like... Yeah, I think I we're not going to get anything really substantial. Like, I feel like the surprise would be Starfield, but I think they've already told us what we're going to get. If I had to actually put money, I would say no Starfield news, but I hope I'm, I'm really, really, really hoping. I bet we get a release date for Ghostwire Tokyo. I bet that yeah, comes soon. For sure. Probably this year. For sure. Agree. I'm looking at, I'm looking at their lineup of games right now and I'm like, it, it is, it's beefy, but right now i don't know i don't think we're gonna get surprises this year i think the big news was the fact that this happened they know their stuff on the horizon ghostwire death loop and then you know content updates for for their services elder scrolls online fall 76 that's that what seems feeling. like it's a very safe bet very yeah safe felix bet. you're you're more in tune with that ecosystem do you think you're work i mean do you think you're gonna get more fallout 76 or do you think they're gonna have something a little bit more substantial I mean, they have a fucking roadmap that they haven't hit all the points on yet. 76 does? Uh, yeah, 76 is doing taking all the cues from Destiny, man. They're communicating with their community on a regular basis. They're very active with newsletters, and the fucking website is always updated. They don't give a shit about anybody in the fan community's opinions. Like, they don't. They're making what they're fucking making, and it's their little creative corner, and they're just fucking having a ball doing it. But, like... But, like, they're communicating, this is coming soon, and they have, like, a roadmap of shit that's coming out. Right now, in Fallout 76, Season 3, The Scribe of Avalon. Right. 
That's right now. We're in March right now. I already completed it. So right now it looks like they have a bunch of weekend events. They always do those. Yeah, they have weekend events where you can go in, you get double XP, double the score points. They did a new one recently that was like double this other fucking gold bullion currency. I didn't give a shit about that because there's nothing Mm -hmm. to buy with it. But (laughs) that's their problem. Their end game... um, uh, reward system is fucking janky because there's no content to buy with it. So I get I get this reward on a regular basis of gold bullion, but I got the store in there is just fucking empty of shit I can actually buy with it. Like there's nothing to buy. Um, you hear that? But he's hungry. He needs to spend his I'm money. Hungry for this content, man, bitch. This man will spend. And 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 it's true. I mean, you, you max out on all the currencies in the game. So I'm I'm maxed on the amount of gold bullion that I fucking have, and I can't spend it on anything because there's nothing fucking there to buy. I mean, it's kind of that's kind of shit. But one of these days, you know, the the roadmap's still there, and you know, they they got another season coming, and I'll play that season. And I'll finish it, and there we go. But yeah, the last one, the Scribe of Avalon, was kind of butt. It didn't offer a lot of like rewards that anybody in the community were super excited about. Like many, many, many of the of the of the ample YouTube supporters, people who make videos about this game, were not impressed mm-hmm. with the content from Scribe of Avalon. I don't know, you know, we'll see. Interesting. I think a good place to take this at the very end, just just more like. Uh, musing on the subject. Do we think this is good? Bottom line. I do. Do we feel nervous about this being a pattern for other studios and, and hardware and software developers? Are we okay with this? Are we, are we okay because it's Bethesda? Like, how do we feel? And are we worried about this, this being negative somehow in the future with other, any, it can be about Bethesda, but also can be about other studios too. So go ahead, Felix. Fucking Europe doesn't think that this is a monopoly problem, so I'm good with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all it took. You're like good the after EU that. was like, "You're cool. You're not infringing on monopoly, even though you fucking made Game Pass and it has like EA and fucking Bethesda and who, whatever mm-hmm. other companies you're gonna swallow in the next five years." <laughs> like, I mean, like, yeah, who knows? It's fucking crazy, well, man. But like, I so there's an echo. I'm believe me, I'm not an expert on any of the shit. So the things sure. that are None about, of us are. no, I'm talking to the audience, the things okay. that are about ready to come out of my fucking mouth audience are not things you should take it all with a <laughs> grain of salt. I don't know shit. Um, so there's this concept that I vaguely remember from my limited time when I was in a fucking, uh, microeconomics class when I was in college. Okay. It's called, you know, we're all familiar with, um, monopoly, but then there's the term monopolistic competition, which is still not something that people prefer, but that's what we essentially have when you have major conglomerates that are swallow everything and then just compete against each other. And that's essentially what the world is now. You yeah, have it, like you a, have it with Disney example. and Warner. You have it now with Microsoft and Sony. Like Disney, for all intents and purposes, has swallowed up some of the biggest things, biggest entertainment packages ever. But... When I think of what you're talking about, I think of ISPs, like your Comcast and your yeah, Verizon. Exactly. I mean, in to all industries, you have this. Go, to the point where they go, in, in behind, I'm um, just, this is, I don't know if this is speculation, but 
to the point where they go, they look at regions and maps of areas and they go, okay, we're going to take this area and you're going to take this area and like, you'll take this area. And then, then we get to reap the benefits of our, of our customers and in those areas, right? Like they, they stay out of their, it's like the, it's like the mafia, right? You stay out of my side of the city and we stay out of yours in a more corporation sense. Right. True. Um, And that happens across the country. Like I can only speak to the country because those are our providers, but But like, but in terms of like Neo, in terms of media like consumption, yeah. us as consumers, you can look at this with the glass half full or the glass half empty. This is a great fucking thing for content delivery because the content can get to us quicker because there's no not as much red tape because it's one umbrella covering all the shit. You know what I mean? Like that that image that we just saw, that mock up image of what the game uh the game pass like like overview could look like was impressive as fuck. And that would mean the content would get to me quicker. So the delivery systems become fluid, right? But what gets stomped on and shit on in that is all the small guys, like the indie studios, small guys. Sorry. That's what I'm saying. The, the, the indie studios, the people that are trying to, that don't aren't a part of a major conglomerate. Who are just trying to right. compete against that? You know what I mean? Well, They're going to get fucked. On one on one side, Microsoft has also bought a lot of indie studios. Like they have Tim Schafer's studio. Uh, they do Psychonauts and all those things. I consider him pretty indie. He was pretty independent, very small scale studio. The Ori and the Blind, the Ori Studio, pretty pretty. I think that's just Microsoft Game Studios, but they make small scale yeah, games. If, if if they keep. No, but and I'm not saying about- just small scale. Yeah, because you can have a giant conglomerate make small scale games, but you know right. what I mean? Like just yeah, like you could have studio. Disney own Miramax and make small films in the late nineties. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Right. but, but like it, that's not the same as like an indie studio. That's just trying to like get up off get their off. feet. You know what I mean? You have, you have this so top, totally right. top down system with really, you know, nothing below what's great. You know what I mean? But in terms of like our entertainment, we're going to be very entertained. Because there, there's oh, going to be all kinds of shit coming out. You know, and that's I mean? a fact wanna, for sure. I want to, I want to propose this to you, Felix. Think about what Netflix has been doing over the years since they've grown. Yeah. They slowly, they they get your use, they get their user base, and then they'll slowly hike the price up. That could be a bit like because right now Game Pass is a, an amazing deal, right? The best deal for if you want to play games and you want a catalog, that's the best thing, right? But you know this this price isn't going to last forever. They're going to crank it up and make it a very premium experience. The more stuff, the more gold that they shove into it, like Bethesda and other studios, you're going to see that experience become more of a, of a like a heavy cost basis. Yeah, like a dick in the mouth. Yep. yep. And hell, <laughs> <laughs> didn't know. Five years, didn't you know that was see, coming. <laughs> you may see Microsoft change their tune. They might own like 60% of the awesome game studios that make awesome games. And they might go, yeah, these are going to be only on game pass now, only on Xbox. Like, sorry, they easily couldn't. It's very easy. This is what you got. Like we, we did this, you let us do it and we did it because we could. Um, That's a possibility, right? As as long as, as long as Sony is like as powerful as them, there's not going to be any kind of trust issues or oh, Sony. Sony does not have. 
the capital that Microsoft does. No, I know, as far but as, like, know, like, yeah. But I'm saying like, that there's not going to be any government oversight or government like um, interjection. You know, like that's that's not, not going to happen as long as Sony stays as powerful as our them. government doesn't know how Facebook works. I don't think they're going to even our, think about video games. No, our, our, <laughs> there's a whole more complicated political reason why our government is not going to get involved. <laughs> sure. called, but, it, but you know what? This week, Germany banned loot boxes like. That happened. So was that really a thing? Yeah, this week that happened. Yeah, they really, yeah, really, really, really do like, nope. not like fucking loot boxes in the EU. Wow, <laughs> dude. They're, they've been insane about calling that like fucking legit gambling. Like, like that's their label. Like, this is yeah. just gambling. This is illegal gambling. Damn, good for Germany. <laughs> yeah, they don't yeah. like that shit at all, man. They, they hate that almost as much as they hate fucking uh hitler effigies you know images of hitler sure. you know, thought, you know if you go to germany you can't find it anywhere like the only place where they have a bust you, hitler used to have all these busts all over germany and the only mm-hmm. place you can go to to see one of those is in one one museum that they have that's like a historical museum that you can go to yeah but every single bust of him all these streets he named after him, like hitler streets they're all renamed like they they fucking they they hate that history part of their Wipe history. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah! Shit, do we do we end on talking about Hitler? Jeez, <laughs> we no, do I'm just you know, <laughs> I'm, you brought up Germany. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 a very a short couple of yo, a very <laughs> short couple. <laughs> yeah, they do not love you. Uh, no, they love you now. Uh, a very short couple of steps from talking about Germany ends up have people talking about Hitler. <laughs> It's happens true. all the time. Do you see that document? No, this is not for the show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it in the post show, which is a reason to watch us in the post show. In the post show. Post show. The post show. But yeah, I think that's a good place to uh, take it out, man. We'll see what what the future holds with the uh, the merger, the acquisition, the ownership. Now that it uh, that it is permanent. I'm not worried about this at all. Maybe some some other potential smaller studios in the future are going to get stomped on if this becomes a habit and a pattern. Um, but Bethesda makes very good content, and they can definitely weather the storm. And they've earned the right to weather the storm. So I think this is just going to be great in general. They'll just have money and support and and first party recognition. So into it personally. Uh, guys, I'll start taking us out. I'm Trip Zero. You guys can find me at my uh, Twitch page, uh, twitch.tv slash TV. Also, all of my socials are also TV. so I'm very easy to find out there on the internet. Besides being here Wednesday for the podcast, I, uh, I stream on my own channel Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. And right now we are doing Stardew Valley on our quest for 100%ing the game. Uh, probably next up on the uh, on the calendar based on where we are in the year and what's coming out next. Um, if we get a, a release date for Kina, Bridge of Spirits, at some point, Ooh. legitimately, that'll be the next game that we play uh, on the stream. So most likely, yeah. I mean, there's actually a lot that I do want to play. I'd love to play Valheim. I'd love to do Loop Hero on stream. Um, Destiny 2 has just been great. It's It's the best, most engaging story Destiny has ever had. Uh, so there's a lot that we can stream, but I'm pretty sure that Kina is going to be the next big stream content. So come on by, hang out, and it's a good time. Uh, Neo. 
be real. I'll be real. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to Kina as well. Every time I look at that trailer, I'm just blown away by its style and gorgeous, gorgeous visual nature. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, I'm Neo Yoshi. You can follow me at Twitter at Neo underscore Yoshi, twitch.tv slash Neo Yoshi. I will be coming back to stream with Monster Hunter Rise. Do a little bit of Monster Hunter action because I'm itching to play that game. And uh, I might do a, a keyboard build on stream soon. Um, whenever I whenever the parts arrive for this, I might tweet out a little, hey, uh, going to stream the construction of this keyboard. And that might be a fun hangout. We'll play some tunes. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about games. It'll be a great time. So uh, stay tuned for that. Very excited. Felix. And this is Felix Hergood. Catch me at Felix Hergood at, on Twitter. And then uh, uh, Felix Hergood on Twitch. Um, I forgot to tell you guys. Really important. It was free to download, and I paid the extra 25 bucks as well. I downloaded uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Whoa. Whoa, dude. Because it was, it was free to download on the uh, PlayStation 5, and then I downloaded that update right. that you rec- recommended, Trip Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, so I downloaded yeah, that, and it's on my system. And my plan, like I said, is to go Please to Valhalla, but I think... Valhalla is going to be played on my Xbox uh, Series X, so I think I'm going to dip into um, uh, Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation. After. Dude, if you do, I'm so excited for your experience Please. and your impressions Please. and all that stuff. Well, I might even like, I might even di- try and stream it. We'll see. Ooh. Oh, Maybe. I will watch the shit out of you playing that. Maybe. Whoa, dude! This is huge, huge news. Breaking. Let's news. go. Yeah. It, this is all to Kyle's chagrin. He hates Final Fantasy. <laughs> wow. Final Fantasy. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Don't yeah. like it. <laughs> all right. I'm going to. Um, right. See you next week. I'm good. Yeah. See ya. All right. Later. Well, I, I'm also wearing like a pair of. A, a, a type of jeans that like for fat old men you, they stretch <laughs> out and shit the oh yeah the really elastic jeans oh yeah dude i got a pair of those too hell yeah yeah so like they're amazing because i can just take them off and then they become essentially like you know pajama yeah. pants yeah they're the literal opposite of raw denim right 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 <laughs> you're not doing this is nothing fashion forward this is these are like yoga pants that have like a denim imprint. print